A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. We're chatting about careers here on Money FM 89.3 and with Adrian Chu and ZN Chi from Career Agility International. Before the song, they gave five tips for bosses, me managing new staff as they acquire another company. The first one is give clear direction. Number two, set expectations at the beginning. Number three, understand the team's culture. Number four, get to know everyone. And number five, constant feedback. I love that constant feedback. Uh, I guess real-time feedback, isn't it? So I've got the uh, experts with me. and I'm going to share um, five things I learned from uh, working with a new team in Indonesia a few years ago. So Adrian, this is one of my war stories from my uh, 40-year media career. Oh, Indonesia. Yeah, that's, that ought to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like a uh, ASEAN tourist map, my uh, my career, because I've worked in different parts of ASEAN. But I've learned a lot. And, you know, Indonesia was always somewhere close to my heart, um, Yen, you know, because I think you're from, you were born in Malaysia. And I actually, I studied Bahasa Indonesia at school in Sydney growing up. So I always liked, and my parents forced me to do it, which was probably good vision from them. Um, but I learned about Indonesia culture and I learned about the language and I learned about, you know, all the things that happened, uh, you know, with Sukarno and Suharto. And about um, five to eight years ago, I was in a job where part of the job was to go to Indonesia and set up a TV program within a, a TV station in Jakarta. And this was like a kind of a bit of like a license, you know, and, and my job was to go in there and train the staff. And so it's a bit different to, I guess, Adrian acquiring a company. It's a different kind of skill, but it's it's somewhere you're an outsider, you're coming in and they're going to have to try and engage with you and buy into what you're doing. So I went in there and I tried to really let them know that I, I loved Indonesia. I think, uh, Yen, if you let the people know that you care about the country. And I shared with them, you know, I was here I was in Sydney and my, doing my higher school certificate learning Indonesian. And they're like, what? What's this? So early on, I kind of established that I'm just not some orang putih, I think they say yes. in Indonesia, <laughs> don't they? Sangmo or it's uh, Matsali in Malaysia, right? Yeah. So I tried to show that I'm not, look, the way that I look may not be the way that I am. You think that's a good strategy? I think it's helpful that you already speak the language, and that's always a big, big hurdle for anyone. But even for any um, international person who's coming into a culture where you don't know any of the language, there's always a, a series of phrases that you should learn. Good morning, good night, hello, mm, how are you? Yes, yes. Uh, the basic ones, very basic, just to say hello and to greet. And that's yeah. always helpful because when, when the local culture sees you uh, giving it a try, then they always appreciate and they'll meet you halfway. So that was a great strategy. But curiously, I want to know why you decided to choose Bahasa instead of um, some other language. Well, I wanted to learn French and German, but my parents said, look, that's not much use because we're in Australia and our nearest neighbour is Indonesia, even there closer than go. New Zealand because of, you know, you got... Uh, Obviously, the Papua New Guinea part of Indonesia, you know, which is the the other side, yes. where, where of course is as part of Indonesia, and you've got East Timor and all that. Yes. So there's a lot going on in that part of the world. But you know, I want to put it out there before MNC contact me and offer me a job as a newsreader in Jakarta. <laughs> My Indonesian isn't that great, but I have conversational Indonesian. Yeah, you know? good and enough. Good enough, and uh, you know, so I can I can talk, and um, so that that immediately made it um, good for me to go there, Adrian. And the other thing was. What helped me was they actually remembered me from when I was a broadcaster for ESPN Star Sports because that show used to go to Indonesia. So there was a legacy that would be been created from my previous work. And this is something that we can't always count on, but we can use it if we can, right? Maybe there's something that we've done previously with another company. Maybe you're working for a company that connects with that group. 
Yeah, so you actually came in with a reputation and uh, you were, in a, I guess, a kind of a celebrity as well because you were on ESPN, you were on TV as well. So they all recognized you and your work you did, right? It did, it did. But again, it was many years before. And, you know, I think you've got to be careful of not just coming in aloof and think that you know everything and, you know, I'm someone special, which definitely, clearly I'm not. But it helped, it helped because there's that legacy, the legacy that was created. So when I sat down with them, I tried to make sure that they felt at ease and I tried to understand about not just their culture, Yen, but also about their local football competition and the different teams, whether it's, you know, in Bandung or whether it's in, you know, Surabaya and all these other places, Jakarta. There's a lot. Uh, there's even uh, teams right around the peninsula of, of Indonesia, all the islands. So I think that helped as well. So you, you actually know the subject that you're talking about. Yeah, being an expert is clearly going to be helpful because you have to establish that you're not going to be a fly-by-night uh, manager. I mean, we've had bosses who are incompetent and that's always been distressing because you're telling him what to do but he doesn't want to take in your feedback. But in your instance, that was great. Question, did you, did, how, how big was the team, the team that was, you inherited? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, when I say I was inherited, I really was like consultant, really. Ah. I wasn't there full-time. I'd come in and out. So it was probably about um, 20 people, I guess, including presenters. But they, had, I mean, they're really good. They were really good, Adrian. They, they, I mean, the Indonesians know TV and they got a lot of glamour. It was a young station. It was kind of a bit like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210. I know that's dated <laughs> now, but you know what I mean, right? So, As a lead on to that, that question, the reason I'm asking is because of the team that, that size, did you identify the lieutenants? Yes, I did. I did. I that could helps recognize. a lot. Yeah, as well. yeah. In fact, there was a woman who was the senior producer, the executive producer, and uh, she was fantastic. You know, she's just a little thing, little mum, but she was, she held the power there. And I knew that I had to go with her and, and she was the one that kind of, once you got the support of the lieutenant there or the you sergeant. mobilize the people. Yeah, you. yeah. So once they get, and that's a key point, Adrian, isn't it? That you identify the person who's got the sway. Yes. And the same thing happened to me when I went to Malaysia and Astro. I identified the person that had a lot of influence. Uh, and I say that this person I need to get become close to. And I luckily I like them as well. Yeah, so you got to identify the levers. These are the, the handles you, you control who can help you a lot, actually. So get, get in the good books. Yeah, and being a consultant, it's not like that you can make the massive changes as if you're a 24-hour full-time manager. So you've you got to work with what you've got. Yen, you know, so I, they always remember that they can tend to be a bit verbose where they talk mm. a lot, you know, and we were trying to put up a format of a show where it's very punchy. So I had a pen and every time they were talking too much, I'd hit the pen on the, on the uh, piece of paper, but they liked that. They liked that. And they made a joke about it, Jason and his pen. And then that made them, cause they were so used to like having these long two minute monologues and I want it to be 20, 30 seconds to make it punchy. Right. But they liked that. They liked that, you know, so I, they do like role plays and role plays I found Yen were very good where they would pretend to do a show and have the experts there and the experts and the presenters would be there and I have my pen ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, why theater, that's why theatre performers have rehearsals uh, so that they're ready for the real thing. That's mm. really important, especially because everything you do is pretty, pretty much real time. Yes, it is. It is. So <laughs> I was trying to do the most that I could. I tried to make it, you know, a, f a fun thing, you know, and I, I joke about it, Adrian. I wasn't too serious, you know. I would kind of say, this is my magic pen, you know. And so you were like a conductor? Yes. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, so I think the fact that I... They knew that I could do the job, that I was a presenter and not just some person that had a theoretical understanding yeah. of it. Mm. That helped. And they probably appreciated it as well. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that's yeah. a professional training for them, actually. Mm. You can't mm. just go in and be all dictator-like and say, do this. No. no. That's not going to work. 
Yeah, so it, it was nice. And, and the funny thing was that a lot of the people there were teenagers or young teenagers when I used to present on ESPN Star Sports 15 years ago. And now they're 30, 35, and they're like, all oh, right. And it's, it's, that's a very impressionable age, isn't it? When, you, when people are watching you as a teenager, it kind of really permeates, doesn't it? So yes, you're, that's your celebrity status speaking. Ah. Your reputation precedes. <laughs> at that time, at that time, yeah. So it's of course you're only as good as your last bulletin, and people forget very quickly. We all know that as celebrities, right? So these are the five things I learned from my time working with a new team in Indonesia. Point number one: show respect and listen. You've got to listen. You can't just come in, Yen, and just say, "Do this, do that, do this, do that," because when you instruct something. It may be that it's irrelevant because what they've told you is new information, right? Yeah, and and the best people to give you that sort of feedback is the lieutenants because they're the ones that would speak for the the rest of the team, especially in a culture where they're a little bit more high high context and they're not likely to give you direct pushback. Exactly. Um, and so so a lot of that feedback is going to filter through um, their lieutenants, the lieutenants, the key influencers. Yes, yeah. exactly. Point number two, understand culture and customers. Language skills are a plus, Adrian. Point number three, positive feedback along with constructive criticism. And you've got to make sure, Adrian, if you are criticizing someone, you've got to give them a little nugget of something positive. Otherwise, you can really destroy them and make them put them offside. Yeah, especially if you are in a different culture. And also if you, if you are from a different culture where, where you are more uh, direct and more upfront, so, and, and the other culture is a bit more Asian, for instance, where, where they do not like direct feedback. So you have to measure in the way you deliver and what you say and in terms of tonality as well. Exactly, yes. Point number four, be accessible, not aloof. Don't be afraid to laugh. I was laughing about my pen and uh, <laughs> I was also laughing about my my bad bahasa. That, you know, I think they had a bit of a chuckle about that when I would uh, you know try and say things that were probably more challenging than the basic conversation. And point number five, celebrate and recognize progress while setting new goals. So, Yen, you've got to make sure you, you look back. Okay, we've done this, guys. Team, we've done this. We've got on the air. Uh, I, I came in over a period of about a year. I come in every month or so. Okay, we got on the air. Now the next step is to improve our graphics, to improve our uh, analysis. So you've got to like, like look where you've come from and then look ahead to what the next steps are. That's a really good strategy. That's for everyone, not just for any manager, even for yourself. I mean, you, you, you hunker down and you do what is Fo- uh, what you focus on, which is the process and put in all the effort. And then after a while, you need to surface and look around and say, oh, I've come that far. Mm. That's great. And then you have to celebrate because then people know, especially if you recognize their efforts, I think that's the one that gets them going. It's not always the tangible rewards. It's it's the recognition and the appreciation that works. Yeah. And Adrian, you know, we can look at it with our kids as well, with the exams we've just seen recently with the, the public schools in Singapore. You know, my girl's not the best academically, but I'll say to her, sweetheart, you've done so well. You've worked hard. You've improved. You know, look what you've done. Look how far you've come. You're not good at maths, but you've got better. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's our role as parents and as leaders, especially, to make sure that they do not lose sight of that. Mm. that that's critical. But, yeah. but the way I see it as well, you know, if, if you are moving into a new role as a, as a leader, whether or not it's a new position or whether or not it's a new team, you have to be mindful a lot of, in terms of a lot of, of communications as well. So I think you're absolutely right. Uh, constant contact, constant feedback and everything is really important. Yeah. And I did it for, uh, you know, around a year or so. And I, I would look back on that chapter, you know, in a, in a quite a difficult job I've shared before about that, that job that I did. This was probably the happiest, among the happiest experiences I had. It was in the early part of that job where I worked for four years. 
it was it was wonderful because it was the first time, yeah, and I'd worked in Indonesia, and, and here I was as a 15-year-old kid learning Indonesian at North Sydney Boys High School. You know, 40-plus years later, I'm there in Indonesia working with them. And, and I do hope to go back. And I, in fact, I hope to do some consulting work there. And I've spoken to some of my old colleagues about doing that, some more training, a f- refresher. So everything that you do in a new market, it, the hard work pays off, doesn't it? Yeah, I just want to share, I've, I had a very good leader who, who came in the first time and recognized immediately by having one-to-one discussions with the team who was mature enough to be left on their own and just be measured on results and who needed a bit more hand-holding. And he sat me down and he said, okay, so the, this is my feedback. Do more, do less, and stop. <laughs> so it was ah. so simple. It was, it was, he, he kept it so simple. He said, okay, do more of this. This is great. And that's the one that you feel very good because you're recognized for your strengths. Mm. Do less of. And the less of, or f- funny thing was, do less of this, uh, but not negative. It wasn't a negative uh, do less of. It was uh, stop caring so much about things that you can't control or something ah. to that effect. And that was very, very positive. And then uh, stop worrying about things you can't control. So it was all positive, but it was a it was still a very good strategy which which I've adopted. So do more, do less, and stop doing. Isn't that wonderful that you can talk about something negative, but you can do it in a positive way and make yes. that person feel good about themselves? So this has been my career resilience chapter of my Indonesia experience. I'd like to thank Adrian Chu and CN Chi. Don't forget you can reach out to them, Career Agility International. They're very active on LinkedIn, and you can also go and visit their lovely offices at the Clifford Center. This is Money FM 89.3.